Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the latest episode of Five of the Four and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app or on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. You can find us there as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Also check out fivereasonsports.com. Spell that one out for the latest content without a paywall. Latest articles from Mateo Mayorga and Brady Hawk are up there if you want to check it out. And if you're a Panther fan, Alex Baumgartner has previewed the series against the Boston Bruins. Also check out our great sponsors. And this is a cool one. Miami Gaming gamingparties.com they will plan an entire party for you a private custom video game tournament for gamers and their lucky guests it's truly custom you pick the game and the package premium or black tie vip for eight up to 16 people they bring it all at miami gaming parties everything from the ps5s to trophies for the winners and you can play at home or a venue of your choosing they'll give you a free on-site consultation to tell you if it's a good place for the event. It's perfect for birthday parties, bachelor parties, anniversaries, corporate events, or even when you want something to do during the Celtics Hawks series. Go to MiamiGamingParties.com. Again, that's MiamiGamingParties.com. Or check them out on Twitter. It's at Gaming Parties. And now, today's episode. Down to this game. Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Bucket said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. we got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. we got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. Brady will be back with us tomorrow, but make sure you check out uh, the latest content that Brady's putting up on Twitter and on the YouTube channel, he broke down pretty much all of Jimmy Butler's 35 points, or very close to it. So check that out. Uh, Brady did that 
uh, today on Twitter that'll be posted on YouTube probably by the time that this posts. Um, today, we got two days in between games here. Uh, the Heat don't have a full practice today. We are hearing that Giannis will be ready for Wednesday, but of course, we've already heard that Tyler Hero will be out anywhere from four to eight weeks, depending on the report. Now, it could end up being a little sooner than that. We'll have a little bit of information on that. But look, it's going to be a while, and he's not going to be back in this series. It does not appear. I think that's pretty safe to say. The series goes another week, week and a half at the most. Even if it goes seven games, I'd be surprised if you saw Tyler Hero back in the lineup. So we're just going to do an all-Tyler episode today. Tomorrow we will get more into a preview for the next game as we kind of figure out what Giannis' status is. But we're going to handle this Hero episode in three parts. So the first part is, how do they replace him in the short term? Because obviously they need to do that. They were able to do it in one game. Duncan Robinson started the second half in Tyler's place, played six minutes, but did not log heavy minutes, obviously. Someone else played the other 18 minutes. And there's a bunch of different directions that they could go. We touched on this in the post game yesterday. And I'm a little surprised when I po- pulled this on Twitter, who is still leading the poll about who should start in Tyler's place, because I feel like everybody hasn't been watching, but we will get into that as we go forward here. Second part of this, is just to evaluate his season. If it is indeed over, and there's a strong likelihood that it is, because we're not necessarily expecting the Heat to advance, even though they're up 1-0 in the series. But even if they do, uh, Tyler's not going to be back for a while, so there's no guarantee he's going to play again this year. And Eric Spolster pretty much declared him out for the majority of the, pl- uh, the rest of the playoffs yesterday. So we have to go with that as our basic information. The Heat are typically not that forthcoming about it. Uh, they would typically just say indefinitely, but that's not what Spolster said. And then the third part, which we'll get into after the break, is what this means for Tyler's future. Because we have discussed sort of ad ad nauseum this year, the idea that Tyler needed to make up for last postseason. And he looked like he might be on his way with 12 points early in this game. And then his postseason essentially ended. So how does that affect uh, him going into the future? So let's start with the first part, Alex. And I pulled this. And look, we have very passionate Heat fans that follow us at Five Reasons Sports. They tend to be the passionate fringe to a certain degree. I mean, they're the people who are following everything that's going on with the heat. They're, they're not all the people I run into at the arena who are just there for five or six games and they kind of make the heat part of their lives, but it's not their lives on Twitter. The people that we deal with uh, regularly, the heat are in large degree, their lives. Uh, I'm not saying they don't have anything else to do, but I'm just saying uh, they, they follow everything that goes on with it. And I pulled who should replace Tyler in the starting lineup. And I put four names up there because I didn't have room for a fifth, who probably would have been Highsmith. But I put Love, I put Martin, I put uh, Oladipo, and I put Duncan Robinson. And Oladipo ran away with it. And I I just, to me, I think that's the least likely place that Eric Spolster will go. And then, of course, he'll announce Oladipo as a starter uh, in two days. But I, I just feel like in terms of spacing, in terms of what we saw from Vic when he came back this last time where he was pounding the ball a lot, taking a lot of threes that the other team wanted him to take, that that is not necessarily the best option against this team. I'm not saying Vic can't have a role in the series, but to start him seems like a bit much. Where do you come down on this? So uh, I'm, I'm definitely glad you came to me uh, with this because as you've always brought up before, uh, I was – you know, big on bringing Victor Oladipo to Miami, have been insistent on him being, you know, a part of this rotation as he figures things out. He's he's shown the flashes of who he could be, but we know what happened. We saw the way the season played out. We've talked about it many times on here. That last setback, um, he hasn't been the same since then. I, I think like whatever positive flashes you saw beforehand, haven't really seen a lot of that 
you know, other than, you know, he, he got some he got some shots up in those last couple of regular season games there. But um, other than that, you really don't see much of him getting to the rim anymore. And so putting him in the starting lineup against the best rim protection team in the league, especially considering, you know, assuming Giannis is going to be back next game, I don't think that's putting him in a position to succeed. Now, um, I'm skeptical that he's going to be a part of this at all. Um, now, obviously, Tyler being out is going to is going to change some things up, so he could be somebody that gets thrown into the rotation. I like him better if you're going to go to him at all as a bench piece, as an energy player. Uh, we know what he can do on the on the defensive end. I think um, there's guys in this series that he could help with guarding for sure. Offensively, I think you'd rather have him going at like a Portis. I just think there's not going to be many even then like many moments where. Um, both Lopez and Giannis are off the floor at the same time. So there's always going to be, you know, you're going to have rim protection. And I think them dropping so much, it just, it's going to lead to an inevitable amount of pull-up attempts from Depot on the ball. Now, you know what, I'm I'm fine with him taking open threes and and stuff, but he settles already as it is because teams are not giving him the driving lanes. And because of the extra help, teams worried about Jimmy and Bam. The Bucs, it seems like the exact type of team that you avoid doing this for i think the rim protection is is too big of an issue the margin for error with this team was already so small um as it you know with everybody healthy without tyler things are gonna you know you're gonna have to lean into your defense more which is where depot can help but the offensive part you cannot be having the increased amount of mistakes and just wasted possessions and i i don't mean to sound harsh about it i just think you know that's why you shorten your rotation in the playoffs because you're trying to um, minimize the margin for error, especially like when you're the AFC. So I just think it's a really risky proposition to start him. I, I thought I didn't even know that Vic had won the poll. I didn't see that. So that really surprised me hearing that. Um, I It would be cool to see Vic revitalize himself and have a good playoff series uh, off the bench. I don't know if you start him. I think, I think he's going to end up going with Caleb. I'm not sure. That's just kind of how I feel. Um, we saw that Love can match up on Brooke, and they had Bam on Giannis regardless, even though they they didn't start Love. So, and that's what I wanted to see. I was very happy to see Bam on Giannis. I was very happy to see them dropping the Heat as much as they did, and the way that they were attacking the drop on the on the offensive end. And because of that, I don't think Vic just makes a lot of sense, um, you know, in that in that game plan. Well, I, we know, Greg, that, that Eric likes to keep the bench rotation intact. And, and that, that's really the only argument for me against Martin or Love here because he seems to have found a three-man core there that works. And if so, then if it's not going to be either of them, then that really leaves you with three options. It leaves you with Oladipo, it leaves you with Robinson, and it leaves you with Highsmith. Now, you start Robinson... And it's you've replicated more in terms of what Tyler would do in terms of I mean, he's going to create more space than Tyler, but he can't do a lot of things that Tyler can do. But you're putting another shooter out there that Bam's comfortable with, who you know is a defensive liability, and you're going to have to cover up for him the same way that you do for Tyler, but probably more. Uh, and that's that's basically what you do when you go to him. You go to Highsmith, what you're basically doing is you're putting Struess back at the two. You're not affecting your bench rotation uh, and you're getting at a player who, you know, kind of stays in his lane, right? Like he's not going to do anything he shouldn't do, which is really the issue with Vic. You start love and then you have changed your rotation in the sense that you probably do have to play Zeller off the bench. Then uh, if you're going to start love, you move Struess 
down to the two. And uh, again, it's it's a lineup relatively similar to what you had before. It's just that Struess is playing in Hero's spot uh, instead of Robinson playing in Hero's spot. And Love obviously is the starter. Of those three options, which is the one that you would you would choose? So I think that Caleb Martin's going to start because I think ultimately when you're up 1-0, trying to steal another one, you're just going to play your best guys. And I I just have a feeling that he's going to lean on the guys he can trust most. Caleb had a great game one. Um, so that's what I think. But there is this little part of me that because we know how Spo does this placeholder thing with the starters that I'm like, uh, it's right in front of us that it's going to be Duncan Robinson or Haywood Highsmith. Um, I lean less on Oladipo for everything that Alex said. I won't rehash it all, but this feels like a Duncan series. It's what he went to in the second half to start. Um, so, I mean, if we're looking at what he did there and it didn't go terrible. Um, and so I think maybe another part of having Duncan involved is what it might do for Bam Adebayo. And so if you need to lean on Bam more offensively, I know that that would conceptually most people would think well then that needs to be don't start running plays for Duncan but maybe just Duncan getting loose off of Bam actions can get Bam going so I tend to think like my head says Caleb and somewhere deep down in my gut it's like why he always does this to us and it'll be Duncan so it's Caleb or Duncan for me um, but really play your best guys I think both guys have a role going forward though for sure big roles in this series they can't avoid it one thing to consider here is that Duncan Robinson started both uh, every game of the two previous series against the Bucks. So different teams, but he did start. He did not shoot the ball particularly well, but he did start. So there is some familiarity there, and that might have been also one of the reasons why Spolster went to it. I, I think he's going to start Duncan. I, that's my guess here, and I, and I think it is because he always leans – towards keeping the bench rotation intact and he's found something with those three guys that i think he likes so i think you just plug duncan in and you basically give him six minutes and he's the first half and the second half and then you sub him out for lowry probably uh, and then you get some lowry minutes with gabe which we saw a little bit of yesterday they'll play the two guards and then if that's not working then you try oladipo but i i would be surprised um if he starts vic i just uh, he has done everything to shade him out of the rotation over the last month to see or last three weeks in particular. And the two big scoring games, I mean, he had a big scoring game against Orlando the previous season to end the year. I don't think that they, they view him in that role. It's just kind of like, we need someone to get points. I, I think if this was the Vic who came back after the first setback this year, it would be different. But they, after the second setback, he was a, a different player who was kind of playing into the hands of the defense uh, constantly. And I, I just don't think uh, they can trust that. Now, the other thing is, Spoke could look at it like they got a little bit of house money here and they're up 1-0. And so, you know, if you can catch lightning in a bottle with Vic in a game like this, you never know. Okay. And so that might be the other counter to it. But I, I still think it's going to be Duncan. He's going to keep Caleb off the bench with Love and with Lowry. And those three guys are going to play heavy minutes in this series. I, I just think that's uh, the direction he's going. And he's still going to play eight. But the, the eighth guy now is going to be Duncan Robinson instead of Tyler Hero. All right, when we come back, we're going to get into Tyler's season because I, I think we should evaluate it right now uh, as much as we can and then also project forward a little bit. Do you want to mention a couple sponsors? Five Reasons Sports Network, Prize Picks, use that code 5, F-I-V-E, get that initial deposit matched up to $100. We'll see who they put on the board yesterday. We're also doing some Prize Picks shows uh, along associated with NBA Central, so some general NBA shows, but you can play more than that there. You can play MLB, NHL. 
Again, the Stanley Cup playoffs are starting. You might want to get in on that. MLS, uh, golf, tennis, esports, it's all there. Go to Prize Picks, MMA as well. Prize Picks, use the code 5, F-I-V-E. Get that initial deposit matched up to $100. And then one of our more appropriate sponsors, as the lightning and thunder and rain and flooding are coming through my apartment again, uh, and Brady's had to move to a secure location as a result, check out Water Cleanup of Florida. WCUFL.com. They're based in Boca Raton, but they can handle your emergency all over the state. They go all the way down to the Keys. They've been out in Fort Myers. And look, they got a lot of people calling them now, obviously, because we know that a lot of people have leaks in their home right now. So check them out. Water cleanup of Florida. It's WCUFL.com. More than 70 uh, five-star reviews on Google. You can also find them at Water Cleanup of Florida on Instagram. Uh, the best thing about these guys, Michael Robert and the whole team, is if they can't do their your job, they will tell you they can't do the job. They're not trying to take your money or anything like that for a job that they can't do. But I can tell you, they can handle most jobs, and they're just honest people. They're good heat. They're not good heat fans. They're really they're big heat fans. They're honest people, and uh, and th- I would reach out to them if you've got an issue right now. I've already had a couple people say, "What's that company that you guys promote?" WCUFL.com, water cleanup of Florida. If you got the schmutz. They got the guts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc get ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com it's like your own personal post office sign up with promo code program for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts that's stamps.com code program
All right, so let's get into the next part of this episode back here with Greg Sylvander and with Alex Toledo. And I'm going to pull up some of Tyler's numbers here right now. And I, I, this isn't going to tell the entire story because we, we, we can't put, get away from what we said the whole year, which is that it was kind of way to the playoffs to evaluate him. Um, let me start here. I'll go, I'll go to you first on this, Greg, before we get into the numbers. If, I, if you were to grade his insertion into the starting lineup, how well did it work? What letter grade would you give it? Oh man, uh, B minus, C plus ish, um, because it didn't translate to the amount of wins that they needed, and so I think that that's just a big part of it. I think him individually played fine; he was great. He was the only guy who could shoot straight all season, so I think we should definitely give him flowers for that. Particularly you look at his 15 games in April, he was shooting over 40%. So he got back up above that range that he did in December when he got hot. So I think like, it's a weird, it's one of these weird things where we talked about like the three twenty point scores. It's a individually Tyler had a great year. There's nothing that you could look at and say that he regressed as a player. I think that he looked like he, um, he just ultimately, is finding more and more ways to counter some things that were thrown at him that I think used to maybe have him hiccup a little bit sooner, but you're right. Like we get, we only got a half a basketball in the playoffs and that's what we were supposed to be able to evaluate him on. I just think that ultimately it's all about how this impacts winning. And that's why I keep going back to that. um, The biggest changes from last year were, no PJ Tucker and Tyler hero starting. And so like, when you look at those things an eight seed versus a one seed, you have to kind of measure it. I think, uh, with, without heat goggles on, which I tend to wear. Alice, I want to go through the per 36 minute numbers here on Tyler, because, um, his overall numbers are about the same as the previous season when he won six man of the year, uh, except that he averaged an extra two and a half minutes per game because he was starting. Okay. Uh, so his per 36, just to even this thing out, to make it apples to apples. Uh, season before this one, where he started 10 games, he played 66 games the year before. He played 67 games this year. Okay. I know there's a durability question that's being raised about him. I hate when this happens. This is uh, it, because we're talking about a broken hand diving for a loose ball. That's not a durability issue. When I think of durability issues, I think of guys like Zion. Okay. Like this is not a durability issue to me. He, he played. Uh, 66 games previous season he played 67 this year which by the way is more than jimmy butler did this year okay so let, let, let's go through it all right per uh 36 minutes just again these are the raw stat numbers but just lined up to 36 minutes the year before he averaged 22.9 points this year 20.7 year before he averaged 5.5 rebounds this year he averaged 5.5 rebounds last year he averaged 4.4 assists this year he averaged 4.4 assists he uh, averaged fewer free, th- uh, excuse me, uh, fewer free throw attempts. Uh, this is a bit of a disappointment for me. Fewer three, uh, uh, three throw attempts per uh, 36 minutes, 2.8 as opposed to 3.7 the year before. So he went back to where he was the year before. Field goal attempts this year, 17.1 per 36 minutes, 18.8. The year before. So his, his field goal attempts went down largely because he was playing with better players uh, in the starting lineup. And his three-point attempts actually went up from 7.3 to 8.3. Uh, 
and his percentages overall dipped slightly. He actually shot the ball better from two. He went from 48% to 50%, slightly worse from three, from 40% to 38%. But again, the only guy on the Heat who shot even that high, okay? So it was not like he, he played poorly. I mean, essentially what this suggests is he was kind of the same offensive player. He just shared the floor with Jimmy a little bit more as a starter, and so maybe didn't get off quite as many attempts with quite as many shots as when he was running the bench unit last year when he was the number one option. But the numbers would suggest he was basically the same player. The the eye test told me he was a somewhat better player, but I think this comes down to what Greg is talking about, that it didn't necessarily translate. And then there's a whole other conversation on the defensive end, which we should have. But did you feel he was a better player offensively? Because the numbers say he was about the same. All right. So I definitely think you're onto something there. But what I would say is um, he is the same when it comes to production. I don't think the role is the same. And then when I'm just kind of looking through some of the stats here, everything kind of bears out that he was much more of an off-ball player. Like the, his percentage of assisted buckets went up by, you know, about 6 7% this year, including a 10% uptick at the rim. Um, the only place he wasn't assisted more was from three. And like you said, he's take, he that was a, the biggest change in his shot profile where um, a little bit less in the mid-range, a little bit less at the rim because he's playing so off-ball coming as that shooting threat, coming off the screens. And I think that is a proper role for him. I spent all summer talking about how I wanted to see him um, create easy looks for the offense and himself with off-ball role because of how much of a shooting threat he is. Um, and that's why um, I was a little bit surprised when Leif graded him that low because I was think I was going between B plus and A minus because <laughs> I thought for all the the problems with this team and specifically the starting lineup, I, I I didn't think he was much of a problem. You know, relative to what we expected from Tyler, I think he did a pretty good job in a year where. He transitioned his role a little bit where you're the third guy in the starting lineup, right, where as opposed to he had the bench unit to himself. And that's really where you see the changes in the stats from, you know, a guy who was taking more mid-range attempts and was getting a little bit more at the rim and at the free throw line in his own unit. All that stuff went down a little bit, but the percentages stayed just as high. Um, the usage was lower, but the turnover percentage was lower despite that. And the assist percentage was still as high. So, like, he, I think, got marginally better as a playmaker. So, I don't think Tyler took a leap this year, but I think he is optimizing his game, at least in my opinion, for what he should be for this team. I think he's a really huge um, threat for the Heat, and, you know, he can do all the shooting himself. We saw uh, he was one of the only good shooters for them this season, especially on a high volume. He was easily their best shooter. Like, it wasn't even close. And I think the lack of everybody else's shooting – uh, brought down those starting lineups and brought down the wins. I think he low-key just kind of played his part. We know the defensive concerns, and that stuff has been there. I didn't expect him to take um, a jump as a defender um, this season. I think, again, marginally better. And he, I think he took a short, I can't even say leap. What, what's a better term for it? He, t- he, he slightly improved. He took, a, he, he, took, he took a hop. Basically. There you go. He took a uh, hop. He, he, he but, took a hop. But he did it in the right role. I don't think it's on him. So I, I think I would probably end up grading it at about a B plus. Like he's just as probably more efficient. And then also just uh, shout out dunksandthrees.com. Great website. Um, you know, over here looking at their estimated plus minus on offense. Uh, just off of that stat. Offensive estimated plus minus, he doubled his output from last year. Mm-hmm. So that's telling me something about the the role that he's in. His true shooting is higher. 
I think the role is more efficient for him. And not only that, you know, just another thing, he his free throw percentage went up by like 7%. So that probably helped him too. I just think he became a more efficient player. And I think this is part of his growth where, you know, he didn't want to be labeled as like a Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford off the bench type. He became and cemented himself, I think, this season as the third best player on the team, as somebody who is not an all-star, but is kind of right below there and is more than just a six-man. Like, he was easily their third best player. Well, what you what you say about the free-throw shooting, because he was he, he had the best free-throw shooting season in, in Heat history, but that's one of my frustrations is that he didn't get to the line more often, that his free-throw rate actually declined. And you would hope it would go the other direction. Some of it might have been roll. I, I feel like as we transition the last part of this episode, Greg, and I do want to mention prize picks, use the code 5FIVE, water cleanup of Florida, uh, WCUFL.com, and of course, uh, MiamiGamingParties.com. Also, we've got uh, Better Edge. You still can get in there before tonight. Uh, we've got a little bit more time. Go to BetterEdge.com, use the code 5RSN. But we it's up on my Twitter feed right now, Five Reasons Sports. We've got... A contest for bracket for the entire playoffs and yes games have been played um but you still can fill out your bracket you still can win up to 250 dollars and get you get 20 dollars to play when you sign up so go to betteredge.com this is legalized gambling you're betting uh, against others finding the lines you want and playing in tournaments you're not betting against the book that's why it's legal but i i think greg if we're to sort of agree that he made marginal improvements and didn't bleep the bed basically as a starter like he moved up to a bigger role and handled it um but again it, it was a hop it wasn't it wasn't a leap right it's a, it's a little yeah. it was a little it was a little bunny hop and now we're not going to see him in the playoffs most likely where this was kind of prove it time it doesn't really answer any questions for this summer and i i keep coming back to this which is that when pat riley has reshaped the roster in the past when he's had the freedom to do so and the luxury tax becomes an issue there when he's had the freedom to do so he's typically shipped out the third guy uh that that's that's been the path whether it was it was Mashburn or it was eddie jones i mean that's what they've done you take your top two and if that fits and we've had many episodes about whether it fits for the heat right now with bam and jimmy but if that fits then okay who's the third guy who can get him over the top and he's he's made those decisions in the past to try to change that out and and at times it's worked in fact if you actually look at what he did around Shaq and Dwayne, he didn't really find a third guy, you know, so he kind of found a bunch of fourth guys and it ended up playing out into, into a championship. I don't know that Antoine Walker was necessarily the third guy replacement for Eddie Jones, even though he's probably the best scorer of the guys. that He was paid in. like that guy. <laughs> he was paid like that guy. Right. But he didn't have those kind of games during the season. In fact, he played off the bench for a good portion of the year and it was him and Posey kind of rotating at that spot. But hero is the guy, right? Like, I mean, and, and I, I don't, I feel like it's in a weird spot because he showed enough to still be attractive to other teams. He got the contract and he didn't bomb in any way. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, but he didn't show enough to say, he didn't make enough of an improvement to say, especially on the defensive end or as an overall player to say, okay, he's untradeable. And so I just feel like he's, he's in that mix where, and again, he fans are like, well, is he good enough to trade for a guy like Mitchell? It was never about that. It was not about the heat, not including him for somebody like that. I feel like they still would include him. Yeah. Right. I like, I like, he this did is... enough to stay, but he didn't do enough to, to, he didn't make enough of a leap that he can't be sent off. Basically. He can be part of the solution, but I think no matter what he was about to do in these playoffs, 
y'all know where this is heading. And like, if they really want to reshape the roster, it's going to include Tyler hero. I think that that is just inevitable. If that's really the direction they go, if they really want to drastically reshape. And so it would have been, had he had a great playoff run, uh, it would have been, Oh, look how his value has increased. And this is going to be a scenario where he had a great season, didn't regress, took on more. Um, and, probably could even do more in certain other situations where he was playing in, in, you know, maybe an even more enhanced role from a usage perspective. So I think his value does not take a hit necessarily from where it was league wide teams. Don't look at the the Hawks play in game or something mm. like that, the way that fans do and micro in, you know, and get laser focused. So to me, his value is the same and, I know what time it is this summer, regardless if they want to make a big splash in terms of changing this roster, it will, it will have to include Tyler hero. So that's, that was going to be the case no matter what. Let me throw this at you guys before we close here. If you look around the league at the third guy on most teams, where does Tyler fit there? Cause okay. Let, like, let's just do this quickly. Just rapid fire. Milwaukee. Third guy is who are we saying is the third guy? Is it Middleton or is it Holiday? I think it's Middleton, but most people would say it's Holiday. Yeah, either one is better. Okay, right. Boston. Who's the yeah. third guy in Boston? That's he's a tough one. He's. I think that you'd have to say it's probably Marcus Smart, and because he's a Defensive Player of the Year candidate, you got to put him ahead of Hero, don't you? Yeah, we do. But Tyler is a far better offensive player than Marcus Smart is. I mean, I, I to me, it's it's kind of a push. I mean, to me, the thing with Boston is they're four through. 10 or better that's true, that's uh, true. And, and their top two i think you can argue about equivalent with miami's probably i think that's that's fair to say um at this stage with the way jalen's improved uh but yeah so okay so we'll, we'll say maybe it's a push philadelphia tyrese maxi i'm gonna say him instead of Har- instead of uh instead of uh, harris yeah and that's about a push too okay who's the third guy in golden state right now is it Wiggins if Clay is healthy? Is it Dray- Draymond? It, it, they're a weird group because they're kind of all a package deal. It's Wiggins as individual players, but Draymond kind of goes with Clay and Steph in a way that, you know. But to okay, your point, so Golden State better. But Memphis uh, is Desmond Bain better? My my gut was going to say yes. <laughs> oh, I wasn't expecting that. Well, he's a better defender, Alex, right? Yeah, I mean, for sure. No doubt about it. And, and he, he's become better as an off-the-dribble player um, than he was. God, he would have looked good in a Heat uniform, man. Uh, <laughs> he was he was a good fit that time around. Uh, let's do just, just do a couple more here before we close with some of the other teams. In Cleveland, who's the third guy in Cleveland right now? Is it is it Mobley or Garland? Garland, maybe? I'll say probably, I think, one of the bigs. I think Mitchell okay. and Garland are one or two. Well, Mobley's future is a lot more promising than Tyler's, right? Just because I think Mobley's future is more promising than probably all but about 10 players around the league. But yeah, similar already. tier in terms of impact. I mean, right. I... Okay. The Knicks' third guy this year is who? Garrett? <laughs> RJ? Yeah. I'd take Tyler just to piss off people. I'd take Tyler <laughs> over RJ. I'd take Tyler over Josh Hart quickly. I mean, I like quickly, though. I, I do like they, the Knicks are just deeper, I think. They're just, again, with the four through 10 stuff, like they're they're much deeper for sure. All right. Uh, going out west again in Phoenix, I guess Chris Paul's the third guy now, which makes it, or Aiton is the third guy, makes it a little tough. They're, 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 built, they're built for a title right now. But again, this is the point I'm trying to make. I'm trying to, trying to yeah. see where he's where in the neighborhood. The guy. There's no doubt he's in the neighborhood. 
who's the third guy in Denver now? Gordon. Yeah. Gordon, not Porter, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe Porter too. I mean, I, I would probably Gordon though. And yeah, s- similar tier again. Okay. All right, and who am I missing on the West? Oh, the le- look at this. There's not this many. There's not many well, this, three this superstars. It's, it, it's not. It's not like Tyler is this like like six elevator floors below here. Yeah. He's not, very he's, true. He's in the he's in the area. I think it's the defensive stuff that gets people. But he's he's a better offensive player than a lot of these guys. Who's the third guy with the Lakers now? D'Angelo Russell. Yep. Tyler or D'Angelo Reeves. Russell. I might take Austin Reeves over D'Angelo Russell right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think LeBron would. I mean, man. He loves him some Austin Reeves right now. The jokes will fly, but that guy has been really impressive, man. Like, he is – it's not just him, like, hot I mean, shit. Austin he can Reeves get to the rim. He can play me. Tyler. He can defend. He, I don't think he's – do you think he's better than Tyler, though? I, he's bigger no. than Tyler. No, I mean, you, you. I mean, if somebody wants to make a case because he's a two-way player, like, I understand that logic. I wouldn't take him over Tyler, but he's definitely somebody who, like, caught my – okay, guy is good. Hey, Sa- Sacramento is Kevin Herter or Harrison Barnes. I feel like Tyler's in there. Ballpark too. Yeah. I'm taking Tyler over both of them. And yep. Herter's having a great season. Like, he probably has been their third best. Or Well, I, I saw Barnes that a lot too. of the top 100 rankings after the season had Herter ahead of Hero. I don't – I still wouldn't do that because Herter doesn't create off the dribble. If Tyler was in that Kings offense, oh, my God. Right. It's, See, I, I, th- I think Tyler's a better player than Herter. I, I know that, that he fans – Get scared of Herder because he's had some games against them. I mean, you could argue it's Barnes. I mean, who's their other starter? Keegan Murray. He he's, he he has a chance to be better. Uh, but yeah, you know what the theme is a lot with a lot of these teams that we're going through here. It's like maybe Tyler is in that uh, category with all these other guys. Maybe better than some of these other guys. It's kind of the rest of the team. <laughs> yeah. It's like all these, it's well, like oh well, yeah, but it, they have okay. four, five, six, seven, much better. You know Alex, what I mean? Is it is it the elevator up or the elevator down we're talking about? Because when we have conversations about Bam, like, okay, if you if your top two players are Durant and Booker, right, like, it, it doesn't necessarily matter as much who the number three guy is, even though it happens to be Chris Paul or DeAndre Ayton, right? So, I mean, we were having the conversation, is Jimmy and Bam good enough to be your one and two? Well, we just saw yesterday they scored 57 points between them, carried them defensively. So there are moments that they look like they are good enough to be your one and two, even though we've talked about the issues with fit on offense and all the rest of it. But they're not overwhelming. Like, they're not overwhelmed. I mean, Jimmy can be in the playoffs, but they're not overwhelming like a couple of these other teams are. Uh, and so, so yeah, then the number three needs to be better to make up for that. But the real issue I think we're getting to here is that the problem on this team is four through ten. And I, and, and I, I think we've known that, but that's why it does seem as we've kind of we, – a lot of times we work these things out through episodes, but I, I, that's why we may have been a little too hard on Tyler at times this year for the transition – yeah, because a big part of this team's struggle this year was because Tyler got taken out of a role he was so effective in, and they didn't have anybody to replicate it. I, if if Oladipo, I mean honestly, if Oladipo had been healthy from the start of the season and given them what they were talking about over the summer, which was some facsimile of what Tyler did leading the bench, and if Kyle Lowry had been healthy and effective as a starter the whole season, so Gabe could come off the bench and help Vic. They might have won a lot more games than they won, in which case we wouldn't be talking about the Tyler Hero move to the starting lineup as being the trigger that created all these other problems. The trigger was he got taken out of a role and there was nobody who could do what he could do in that role. That that feels to me more like it, which is another thing where, again, maybe the discourse about Tyler has been a little harsh, 
in that regard because he did have a good season, but it wasn't good enough to get him out of the trade machine, I think, for a lot of Heat fans. And honestly, for Pat Riley. And that's where we're going to see where this thing goes. But I, I would rate Tyler's season as a B plus. I would rate the fit and the way it worked for the team as a B minus. Is that is that a fair way to assess it? Okay. I think it's a little harsh, to be honest. I think he he played his part. I think they knew what they were going to get into on the defensive saying. end I, by I, starting I, him. But I, you had him at A minus to B plus. I mean, that's the range that I have him in. Yeah. But you but said, but you I said B minus like for the team. Well, B minus for the B. fit and, and and kind of the dominoes it created. With I don't the team. know. I really liked his fit with Jimmy and Bam. That's the thing. That's where I, I I maybe disagree a little bit. I think he is a great fit with Jimmy and Bam on the offensive end. Like I think they really could use a guy like him. And man, I. It's, I was really looking forward to seeing him in this Buck series, and I think he got it going in that first half. I think you saw the difference where it's like, oh, wow, I'm not going against the Celtics where every single defender on the floor is a stud. They have multiple guard defenders. There are guys he can go at. They drop, and the Celtics were dropping last year. He was not healthy. And again, they had guys up and down that just make things impossible. Obviously, the Bucks do too, but there's a lot more guys you can go at between Grayson and Allen an mm-hmm. older Jay Crowder, a Bobby Portis, like bringing out Lopez and Portis into space on the drop. He knows how to get to his shots there. And I think he really was getting going and getting comfortable there. And, man, he, he had a really productive first half. It sucks to see him go out this way. I think it was going to be a big series for him, even if they didn't come out with the win. That I, I That's why I felt he was the X factor to this series. And, you know, it's crazy that they won a game that he got hurt in. But uh, I just – I think it robbed him. In big part because of that cushion they built. Uh, well, because well, exactly. of him. But it, it robbed him of an eval- of, of a breakout series, and I think it robbed uh, the Heat of a bit of an evaluation series. And I understand what you're saying, Greg, that ultimately the numbers are the numbers, and you need a piece and an asset to be able to, to upgrade. But, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe he has a series where he averages 27, and they beat the Bucks, and then things start to look a little bit different here. And just now at this point, we'll never know. All right, we'll have another episode coming up tomorrow. I think it's the apocalypse outside my window, so we're going to close this thing up. Uh, right now, everybody stay safe up there, out there. Go to U-Brake Wheel Fix if you have a problem with your wheels, which I do right now. And if your house is flooded like Brady's, go to Water Cleanup in Florida. All of our sponsors are appropriate. And if you can't leave your house, host a gaming party. Go to MiamiGamingParties.com. And if you get in an accident on the road, reach out to EricRubenstein.com. We have you covered for everything here at the Five Reasons Sports Network. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.